And uh, I, I like being here tonight. I'm thankful to get to be here. Y'all, you care if I sing one, Brother Dave? You in charge. I figured I'd better ask you. Amen. Um, this song's been on my heart this afternoon. And uh, I hope it's a blessing to you. <clears throat> Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, No tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because a sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. To look on Him and pardon me. Behold Him there, the risen Lamb, My perfect spotless righteousness, The great unchangeable I am, The King of glory and of grace. One with himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high. With Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles tonight to Genesis chapter number 39. Genesis chapter number 39. I thought I knew what the Lord wanted me to preach. And then I was sitting over there and uh, the Lord began to deal with my heart uh, to go a different direction. I've been preaching out of the life of Joseph uh, for about two years now. I think Brother Dave and Miss Donna, they've heard me preach on Joseph several times. And Brother Samuel's back there. And uh, but tonight I, I want this is a new thought, <clears throat> and if it comes out wrong, uh, I'm sorry, amen. <laughs> but uh, I've been studying on this and, and chewing over this, and I, I believe it's what God wants. I don't really have an outline tonight, so I'm going to give it to you as God gives it to me. So let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. Genesis 39. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Didn't the Lord move in our hearts this morning? Amen. amen. 
He just stirred me up this morning. I was sitting right in the middle. I never sit with my wife, all right, it, 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 here, amen. I like to sit over here in this corner and want some of that to rub off on me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And uh, I, I want to sit in that corner, but she, you know, she said, I'm about to have the baby and made me feel bad, amen. I, I'm just picking at her. But I sat with her this morning, and, and I got set right in the middle. Amen. And, and y'all just have to watch her sometimes. If we ever sit together, she likes to hold my arm or to hold my hand, and I'm like doing like this, trying to shout. Amen. And that's the way I felt this morning. I wanted to run. I was thinking, trying to find an exit back there. I didn't want to hurt nobody. And I was a, I was a shouting, and amen, she was a holding on. Amen. But it's good. it was good this morning, wasn't it? Amen. And I love worshiping the Lord. Uh, you know, we, we ought to enjoy this. This is what today's about. I've got friends that are in Korea, South Korea. They're sneaking Bibles over into North Korea and preaching in North Korea. Every time they go, Brother Laddie, they're risking their life, knowing that they're risking their life. I've got friends in Egypt that are just risking their lives being there. I've got friends in Israel. I've got friends that are uh, in China. And every time they tell even... T I'm talking about every time they give somebody a gospel track. There's a risk that they're going to have everything taken away and possibly their life. Amen. And friend of mine, we get to do this openly. And I thank God for it. Amen. Genesis 39, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was, prosper, he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of, of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in the field and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat I want you to notice that the only thing he knew about Joseph or his affairs or his house was the bread that he was putting in his mouth that's how much he trusted Joseph. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. And he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to me, hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, and let me say, the flesh isn't going to just bother you once, amen, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she called him by his garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out 
And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his uh, garment with me and fled and got him out. Now we know that Potiphar comes and he puts Joseph into prison. I want to pick up reading in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with Joseph, with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for all you've done for us today. Lord, I pray that you forgive me of where I failed you since the last time we spoke. Lord, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Ghost of God one more time. I pray that you'd help me to preach with unction and power and confidence tonight. Not confidence in myself, but confidence in the Word of God. I pray that you give every one of us an ear to hear and let us hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Lord, I believe I'm right where you want me to be. And I pray that you bring to remembrance that which what you put there. Lord, I love you. I pray you. I pray that sinners will be saved and saints will be revived. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. Tonight, I, I want to show you something here, and this is just something the Lord's helped me with over the past few months in the life of Joseph. In chapter 30, you'll find Joseph and his birth. In chapter 33, you'll find Joseph and his bad raising. Chapter 35, you'll see Joseph and his burden. Uh, chapter number 38 or 37, you'll see Joseph and his brethren, Joseph and his burial, uh, Joseph and his Bible preaching. But tonight, I want to I want to look at Joseph and his uh, his his battles, if you will. Joseph and his battles. And I got to looking at this, and this is a young man, if you know anything about the life of Joseph, you know this young man was a godly young man. And I believe before he ever got to chapter 39, Brother David, that he was already living in the will of God. Now you've got to understand, this young man was in the will of God. If you And there's no better, better type of Christ in the Old Testament than that of the life of Joseph. And I believe this with all my Heart, you go looking through the scriptures, and brother, brother Danny, you'll be hard pressed to find one negative thing ever said about Joseph. There's uh, over 14 chapters in the Bible written just in the book of Genesis. That's not counting the times he's mentioned throughout the, the, the Pentateuch, throughout the, the, the book of Joshua. We even get to Hebrews 11 and he's there. And this young man, Joseph, he had a captivating uh, personality. And we don't even know, hey, he doesn't even really say anything in his life. Amen. Now watch this. He's in the will of God. He's doing what God wants him to do. Y'all with me? Yeah. And Brother Daniel, he ends up in a mess. And then he keeps doing what God tells him to do. And it doesn't get any better. It gets in a bigger mess. 
This young man is in the will of God and I'm not just preaching to young people tonight, I'm preaching to all of us. But this young man is in the will of God. I'm talking about a 17 year old young man. I don't have time to go into the history of his family, but his family's not living right. I'm talking about they're full of fornicators and whoremongers and adulterers and incestuous relationships. He is not surrounded. He's surrounded by idol worships. He's, he's not surrounded by a good quality stock of people. But here we get to this young man's life and for some reason or another, and we know what the end of the book says, we know God had his hand in all of it, but for some reason or another, this young man is in the will of God, he's doing right, he's living right, he's living clean, but for some reason, bad things kept happening to him. Now listen, I've had it asked to me before, especially the last five years, things we faced, why do, good th- why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer is there are no good people. I know that, that if you've got something that, on the wall that says all about why do they, if that's on your wall, I'm not picking at you, amen. But hear me and hear me well. There are no good people. The Bible says there are none good, there's none good, no, not one. Amen. But we do know that it rains on the just and on the unjust. And we do know that all things work together for them that love the Lord and that are called according to His purpose. And we have that promise. We have that confidence tonight that though everything may be falling apart, hey, I promise you tonight, if you are a Christian, if you are living your life for God, it is not for naught. God is doing something in and with your life. Amen. But Joseph finds himself in Egypt. It said in verse 1, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Joseph did not go by his own decision. There's a lot of people in Egypt's the type of the world. Is that all right? Egypt's the type of the world in our scriptures and in our day and time and in Joseph's day and time and in all the times of the world, people have chosen to walk away from the things of God and go and live down in Egypt, go and live down in the world. But that is not the case with Joseph, brother laddie. Here's here's this young man that's walking with God, that's living for God, and for some reason or another, God has brought him out of the communion and the fellowship with his father and his family, and he has brought him and he has placed him down in Egypt. I don't ever want to be guilty of going down to Egypt on my own accord. But when God places me down in Egypt, hear me and hear me well, just because we have to go and interact with Egypt every day does not mean we have to live like Egyptians. Amen. We just because we we have to go to the workforce or go out to, to the stores or go out into the world and go out and be a part of Egypt doesn't mean we have to live like Egypt. Amen. I want to get to my point here. Joseph, not by his own decision, he's will, he's in the will of God, he's walking with God, but by God's decision is brought down into Egypt. And you know... Have y'all faced the pressure? I, I'm sure y'all faced the pressure we, I've faced. The pressure to back up. Yeah. The pressure to loosen up. Sure. The pressure just to let some things go. Yeah. The pressure just to ease off a little bit. And I imagine Joseph felt that pressure when he got there. Amen. Here's what I want to preach on tonight real quickly. I want to preach on dealing with Egypt. Let me say this. If you don't deal with Egypt tonight, Egypt will deal with you. I want to say that again. If you do not deal with Egypt tonight, Egypt will deal with you. 
So how did Joseph deal with Egypt? I believe he had three necessities in his life or three things in his life that helped him deal with Egypt. The, the only thing, and I love this point, and, and if y'all don't like it, that's all right, but I love it, amen? But laddie, the only thing, there's only one thing that Joseph brought with him to Egypt. Here comes this young man, he's in chains here comes this young man who has had his clothes stripped off of him. That's what the Bible says in chapter 37. He has been stripped. He has been rejected by everybody he loves. He has been taken to a foreign land. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know the culture. He's, he's been a, 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 a worshiper of the one true God his whole life. And he goes into a pagan land full of idols and he gets brought there. I'm talking about only thing he knows is chains and the only thing that that Joseph brings into Egypt with him is the presence of God. Amen. He brings the most important thing. He brings the presence of God. And let me say, if we're going to have to go out and deal with Egypt every day, if we're going to have to intermingle with Egyptians every day, if we're going to have to work in Egypt every day, hey, you better believe we, uh, we better have the presence of God on our lives. Amen. Verse number uh, two, look at it. And the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Verse number, uh, let's see, verse number 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 23, because the Lord was with him. Now, Brother Josh, you know what I see here? Joseph never said that God was with him. Amen. But laddie, Joseph didn't have a shirt that says, I've got God with me. Amen. That's what he would have done. That's what we'd have done in this day. Amen. We'd have had a monogram made. Somebody say amen right there. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just preaching. But Brother George, he comes in and, and the, uh, the two people that tell us that, that God is with Joseph is number one, God. Amen. He tells us in verse two, and the Lord was with him. The only, that's God telling us that God was with him. And number two, uh, his bosses are telling us that God is with him. So the Lord is testifying that the presence of God was on Joseph's life, but then everybody that was around him was testifying that God, the presence of God, was on Joseph's life. Amen. Hey, you better believe if we're going to have to face everything that we face every day, if we're going to have to face Egypt, if we're going to have to face their idols, if we're going to have to face their music, if we're going to have to face their entertainment and their wicked ways and their pagan ways, hey, friend, you better believe we ought to have the presence of God in our lives. Amen. Amen. You know why, you know why, uh, Potiphar's wife got so mad at him because he was living righteously. Amen. He lived, and you mark her down, friend, if you have the presence of God on your life and you live righteously, people are going to be bothered by it. Amen. You ever gone to Christmas and you overhear somebody saying, well, I just don't like being around them. They just make me feel so condemned. Y'all ever heard that? You ain't said nothing to them? I'm, y'all's family's probably different than mine. I've heard it. But Miss Thelma, you get around them and they say, well, I just feel so condemned by them. That's what they say. 
They say, I, I just, they, they, just, they just make me feel so bad. And you hadn't said a word to them. Has anybody else faced that? I hope you have. Amen. <laughs> we ought to be salty. But you know what that is? Brother George, that's just simply the light off of your light shining on their life, on their darkness. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They, you, but Joseph is a perfect picture. You go back to Joseph and his brethren and the reason they put him down in that pit is because they didn't like the life that he was living. He had the presence of God on his life. Amen. And they put their hands on Joseph because they couldn't get their hands on God. Yeah. Cain killed Abel, brother laddie, because... Cain couldn't get his hands on God, so he put his hands on Abel. Amen. Now watch this. He had the presence of God. Number two tonight, I got somewhere I'm going. Number two, he not only had the presence of God, but he was prosperous. Now I'm going to preach on having money and Cadillacs right now. All right? No, I'm not. Amen. Verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Is that right? Verse 3, And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he had that he did to prosper in his hand. Look at verse 23, the latter part. The Lord made it to prosper. Now in our day, we think prosperity is having a big banking account. We We think prosperity is having a bunch of cars and having a big house. And to the world, that is prosperity. But Brother Dole, that's not what Joseph had. Can I remind you that Joseph was a slave? Joseph didn't own one chariot. Joseph didn't even own the clothes that were on his back. Joseph didn't even own the food that he was putting into his mouth. But yet God and everybody around Joseph said, This man is a prosperous man. Now, why was he prosperous? Was it his money? No. We already established that. Was it his standing in society? Was it his position with the brethren? That was not not why God said he was prosperous. The reason God said he was a prosperous man is because before he ever did anything in Egypt, he was already prosperous. The reason he was a prosperous man is because he was a man of character and he was a man of integrity. In God's economy, it's not about how much money we have because he owns it all. In God's economy, it's not about how fancy the food is we eat. In God's economy, it's not about the cars we drive. In God's economy, it's not about our abilities because he gives us every bit of that. In God's eyes, prosperity is somebody that when everything's against you, that when all the all the cards are stacked against you, when you met brick wall after brick wall, when you're hit the hit the bottom, God's economy in God's eyes, when He looks at somebody in that situation and they just keep doing right, they just keep living for Him, they just keep on keeping on. Hey, friend, that is prosperity in God's eyes. It's character and it's integrity. Amen. That's something that's missing in today's culture, church culture. Character. Brother Roloff said that character is what you're doing when nobody's watching. Amen. By the way, God's always watching. 
The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Amen. That's right. The, the sad thing is, y'all remember a day when, you, when if you wanted to look at something dirty, the, the world had to go and find a magazine or they had to go somewhere and see those things. And you know what today, the, the sad thing is, we have access to everything. Everything. My phone, I just got a text message. Amen. But, but lady, we've got access to everything right here. Amen. Brother Joshua, nobody's watching. Nobody's looking, except for the Lord. What are you doing when you're nobody's looking? Do you have integrity? Amen. Do you just do right? Here's the thing. Joseph didn't have anybody looking over his shoulder, brother David. He didn't have anybody checking up on him. He had no accountability, brother Dave. And and at the end of the day, he did right. What are you doing? Amen. And I, I know that's simple, but we need simple preaching. How's your character? How's your integrity? You, I promise you, friend, we, I, Friday afternoon, me and Brother Samuel were in a meeting. Brother Grant, me and Brother Samuel and Brother Grant, we are at Faith Baptist Camp. I know y'all surprised somebody preached on sin. Say, Amen. Well, Miss Kate, they got up, and there was like five preachers Friday afternoon. And one after another, after another, after another, not with a bad spirit, not with harshness, but got up and took the Bible and preached right where I was a living and made me realize I wasn't holding it near as tight as I thought I was. Now, Brother Laddie, I hadn't been out drinking. I hadn't been out doping. But they took that book and they showed me right where I was a living. Amen. None of us are living really as good as we think we're living. And if you are, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm doing pretty good, now you really are wicked. Because <laughs> that's pride. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you this evening, I, I fail, you fail when people aren't watching, when there's no monitor, when there's no accountability. What are you doing when you're in that position? Amen. Now I know this is simple, but this is what God gave me. He took the presence of God with him. He was prosperous. And friend of mine, you better have character and integrity if you're going to face this world every day. But he had a purpose. He had a purpose. This is it. This is the, this is the final point here. There was a purpose. I believe it, he's a wonderful type of Christ in here because he was tempted by the lust of the flesh. And I'm going to show you this. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Did you know Adam and Eve? Did you know Eve, she was, tempted, she was tempted by those three things? The lust of the flesh is wanting to fulfill the desires of your flesh. Seeing something and feel it, you want to have more as far as fulfilling that desire, whatever it may be, in your flesh. The lust of the eyes is wanting more than you have. Seeing something that someone else has and wanting more than what you have. And the pride of life is thinking that you'll get away with it. Amen. He showed Eve that that fruit. We don't know if it's an apple or not. Amen. 
I know what the Sunday school stuff says, but we, we don't know if it's an apple or not. But Brother Jack, she, he showed her that fruit, and, and, and he could have went to any tree in the garden, but he went to the one she couldn't have. She had access. She told the devil that. She had access to everything in the garden, did she not? Except for that one tree. And it is in us naturally to want what we can't have. Amen. And you know what he told her? Oh, surely you shall not die. That's, get, that's probably life. You'll get away with it. You know what else he told her? He said, the reason God doesn't want you to do this is because you'll be like him. Amen. You know what that is? That's the lust of the eyes, wanting, wanting to be more than what you are. Amen. And you know what? She failed in all three accounts. We go to Matthew 4, and we know the Lord can't sin, but He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Matthew 4 wasn't written for God. It was written for us. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh. You're hungry. Turn these, these stones into bread and eat. Amen. He was tempted by the lust of the eyes. What did Satan do? He took him up there and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, I'll give all this to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. And then he was tempted by the pride of life. Just jump off the pinnacle of the temple. You can get, you can get away with it. They'll come and, the angels will come and save you. He was tempted. Is that not where we're tempted at? We, we, we are tempted by the lust of the flesh, wanting to feel that craving, that desire that's in the, our belly, that, that desire that's within our, man, our, our, our old man, our old nature. And then we're tempted to want more than what we have. I'm talking about hey, the advertisements are geared right toward us, uh, to where it's always at eye view. And we want, whether it's a woman, whether it's a man, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's clothes, we're never satisfied. We want what we don't have and then at the end of it it's the pride of life thinking we can get away with it amen you know what I believe I believe people from, from, from young age to about mid 30's the thing we deal with the most is the lust of the flesh then from mid 30's to about mid 50's I believe it's that we call it a midlife crisis, but I think it's the lust of the eyes. We get comfortable in our, in our, our, our finances most of the time, and we start buying lavish, more lavish things. And then we get over 55 to the end of our life, and we think we can get away with it. You know, Brother Laddie, I've seen, in my lifetime, I've seen more men of God that are 55 and older fall than I have 55 and younger. You know what? I, I, there was a. There was a. Are y'all okay? I hope y'all are all. This is the, this. This points my burden. I, I, this is my burden. Brother Jack, I, there was a. There was a preacher back home. He pastored. He was King James fundamental, uh, King James only. All that stuff. Yeah. West Georgia. They had. They were running about twelve hundred people. I mean, had had a Christian school, a Bible college, buses, the, the, winning, winning people to God. And, and he, he started tr trying to put the moves on this woman that worked in the school. 
And the first time it happened, it was, and I'm not going to be ugly, I'm not going to be vulgar, but y'all just hear me out. I want you to hear what this man said. The first time it happened, it was the first week of school, and she thought she was mistaken, and she's like, no, there's no way that, that, that that's happening. I, I'm just going to push this off and, and, and everything. And it happened the next day. Well, the next day she brought her quarter in. Amen. And, and be sure your sins will find you out, by the way. Amen. Brother George, and she set that recorder on her desk, and he didn't know it. And he come in that day, and he started sweet-talking her. And here's what happened to Sheila. She said, and she called his name. She said, you can't do this. this. This is wrong. You can't do this. And this is what he said. He said, I've got so much of the Holy Ghost on me that I'll never get caught. I've heard the tape with my, with my own ears. I've got so much of the Holy Ghost on me, I'll never get caught. You know what that is, friend? That's the pride of life. Tonight, that's what we face. That's the points we're tempted, Brother Laddie. I believe that with all my heart. That's what tempted Adam and Eve. And that's all the way to, to when Jesus was tempted in the, in the desert, in the wilderness. And that's where Joseph tempted. The lust of the flesh says, Give in to Potiphar's wife, she's beautiful. Amen. She's everything you've ever desired. Day after day, coming to Him day after day. The lust of the eyes, having what's not His, having more than what He had. Pride of life. They were in the house alone. Nobody would have ever known. They would have got away with it. Yet without sin. How did He deal with Egypt? How did he conquer this? How did, Brother Chris, when he's tempted, and we are, we're tempted. It might not be a woman, but it, might, it you are going to be tempted every day in those points. How do we beat it? I believe the answer is in the scripture right here. He had a purpose. Can I remind you that Joseph had no Bible? Brother Dave, Joseph had no pastor. Joseph had no Bible teaching. Joseph did not have any parents. Joseph didn't have a Sunday school teacher. Joseph didn't have a youth group. Joseph didn't have a spouse. He had nothing to hold him accountable. He didn't even have the light that we have. What, how, did he, how did he beat this? Look at verse number ten or 9. There is none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? You mean he, it wasn't Potiphar he was worried about? It wasn't his daddy he was worried about. He wasn't worried about letting his mama down or he wasn't worried about letting his preacher down. His sole compass in life and what to live by was living so that he could please God. 
How are we going to deal with Egypt? Yes, we're saved. Yes, we're, we're here and we're in Egypt. God is not taking us out yet. He has us here for a reason and it just keeps getting worse and worse like preacher preached this morning. How are we going to deal with it? Yes, we have the presence of God. Yes, we, hey, we've got to have prosperity in our life, character and integrity, but at the end of the day, we can't live for anybody else. If I'm trying to live for preacher, hey, I promise you, it will fall, it will fail if he ever leaves or if he dies or something happens to him. I, but the reason I'm living for living right's gone, but if I'm living my life for God, if I'm living pure and trying to live holy for the Lord, he's never going to die. He's never going to change. He's never going to quit. If I'll keep my eyes on Jesus and not on my circumstances and not on Egypt and not on what's going on around me and live my life and say I do what I do because I don't want to disappoint the Lord. I promise you friend that's how you deal with Egypt. Amen. That's how you deal with Egypt. You better deal with Egypt or Egypt's going to deal with you. That's my heart tonight. I want to become with a song. I wonder how you're dealing with it tonight. Can I be honest? It's hard. I was thinking today, Brother Laddie, in my generation, preacher hit it this morning. Everybody's wanting to just cool off. You know, say the same things, but say it, take the edge off of it. If you keep doing that before long, you'll not be saying anything at all. When Brother Grant and I grew up, back in the day, everybody preached. I'm just using this as an example. They would get up and they would preach specifically on how men and women are to dress. By the time I came around as a child, all the preachers dressed that right way, and the preachers' wives, and they dressed right. But they, they got this idea that it will just be an example. We won't say anything about it because we'll just be an example. And now nobody's saying anything about it. Nobody's living it. And nobody's saying anything at all. And I can't follow most pastors and pastors' wives from where I'm from because it's so vulgar. Much less church members. And you know what happened? It, they gave in to Egypt. It's so easy. It's so easy. God gave me this a few months ago. The Israelites retained their identity for 430 years while living in Egypt. They didn't give in to idolatry. They didn't start wearing Egyptian clothes. They didn't start singing Egyptian songs. For 430 years, and you know how it happened? God had to keep them beat down in the trenches for 430 years. God had to put a taskmaster over them. God had to put the whip to their back for 430 years so they wouldn't go in and become Egyptians. What happened? Three days out of Egypt, what are they doing? The taskmaster's gone, the burdens are gone, and they're building golden calves, committing fornication and adultery. You know, the sad thing is, that's the way it is in most of our lives. We won't live, live for God out of our own decisions and out of our own, own will. And God knows that. And He keeps us beat down sometimes and burdened. 
keeps heaviness on us. So we won't go building any golden calves. He doesn't, Brother George, he doesn't want me to live like an Egyptian because he saved me out of Egypt. And I know that if he don't want me to die like an Egyptian, he sure don't want me to live like an Egyptian.